The following is a presentation of the Chicago Bears Network and ChicagoBears.com. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app for up-to-the-minute Bears content every day. And now, welcome to Bears All Access, your all-access pass into Chicago Bears football. Bears All Access is brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by CDW, Miller Lite, and Hulu. Veteran minute camp in the books. Bears are off on their summer break for the next five weeks before they reassemble in Bourbon A and the start of the 2019 training camp. A much anticipated training camp it will be. Highly competitive with expectations soaring. Good evening, everybody. I'm Jeff Joniak along with the broadcast partner from News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. WBBM, the Super Bowl Bear, Tom Thayer. Good evening, Tom. How are you? I'm doing great, Big Jeff. After coming off of a big weekend and then being able to watch minicamp, I think the excitement lies. Uh, the, the excitement is reality for the Bears to get underway at training camp. I think the crowds are going to be enormous. And like Matt Nagy said at the 100-year event, those crowds at training camp are hugely supportive in the preparation that these guys go through in practices. And former Bears quarterback, 2001 playoff quarterback Jim Miller from Sirius XM NFL Radio and Bears preseason television joining us as well. Uh, are the Bears a topic uh, this week after the 100 on Sirius XM's NFL Radio? Yeah, quite a bit. Talked to Cody White here today. He joined us on the earth, so that was uh, good to check in uh, with him and just a lot of good things and, you know, just reflecting on 100 years and the great players and just uh, some of the things I was reflecting on when I was down there talking to you guys at the Bears 100 celebration. So it was nice to be a part of that and, and catch up with some uh, familiar faces and obviously uh, reconnect with uh, older Chicago Bears players that, that came before my time and certainly getting to know the, the new young players of this team. And I, I really like how they, you know, I can't say it enough, just how they represent themselves, the maturity they bring to the table. They seem like a focus group. And as Tom said, even though there's going to be a lot of crowds there, it's time to focus on the task at hand. They've got a great opportunity to do some great things here <laughs> in 2019. We'll see what happens. Coming up, it's around 6.08. We're going to be joined by the Pro Bowler, the All-Pro Corner, Kyle Fuller, who fashioned that brand-new Bears jersey for 2019 for the games against the Vikings and Cowboys from 1936. Kyle Fuller looked Sharp in that outfit. We'll talk to him about all things football and his offseason plan here in the next five weeks, along with uh, his golf game, I'm sure, as well. Maybe a little U.S. Open talk with Kyle Fuller. And then coming up at uh, the bottom of the hour, one of our favorite guys, uh, Tom and I spent many, many an hour on team flights over the years with uh, the two-time Pro Bowl safety and all-pro himself, Mike Brown, will join the program as well. Fellas, take me to opening ceremonies. and Jim, when you were coming out on stage and getting introduced with your guys, and 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 who specifically did you want to talk to when you when you got in that blue room with the uh, with the old guys, whether it's people you haven't met before or who you reconnected with that really resonated with you? Well, it's really well. Here you just mentioned Mike Brown. I didn't even see him. You know, when they put uh, asked us to go over to our groups of, of the two thousand players, and I didn't even see Mike Brown. I hadn't seen him the the entire night, and he kind of snuck up on me and said, "Hey, Jim, how we doing?" You know, we we start talking and you know reconnecting and you know sharing some stories and just having some laughs and and things like that. You know, and just to to, to see him there, and there were a ton of guys there. I mean, I, I don't even think I got to work the whole room to to catch up with with everybody of all the generations of. of of Bears players that were there through the decades of, of the Bears. But, yeah, you get excited. You, you reconnect. You know, Kasim Casino, talk to old tight end and reconnect with, with guys that uh, 
you know, you just you had a lot of laughs with, had a lot of fun with uh, practicing, shared a lot of fun stories. And then, of course, you get excited when your name's about, uh, as you and uh, Tom were getting everybody excited, the fans excited when you announced uh, the names. And just to watch guys react when they came out on the stage, Olin Krutz, and how about everybody was baiting the guys, Tommy Harrison, them to walk up at, uh, the catwalk to, to do the big circus. So I thought that was uh, pretty funny. And I think Israel Adonage had a little bit to do with that. Yeah, Tom, what did it mean to you to be a part of all that? You know, Jeff, having a chance to be, you know, grow up in the area and understand what the Bears are all about, what they're built about, but then all the generations of players that we had to broadcast for. But as you broadcast for them, you really don't become friends with them because it's more on a professional basis. But when you get to rekindle conversation with Charles Tillman or Mike Brown and the whole you know groups of guys that we were able to broadcast for it's always great seeing Big Cat Williams and just what a what a huge man he is and then you go back in the generations and you see how respected Doug Plank is still by the fans and how the fans still love him and then have a chance to sit on stage with a guy like Dick Buckus it is amazing because there's so many generations of players, and that and that's really only talking about a few. However, all the years of players that we got to broadcast, it was neat finally getting a chance to go and talk to them on a social basis more than professional. Herb Lawrence, Adam Staszynski helping us out for tonight's show. Hope you're going to enjoy the next hour. We'll be with you until 7 o'clock tonight. It's Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy. Kyle Fuller, the Bears All-Pro cornerback, coming up next. On Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. And hey, welcome back to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy, a proud partner of the Chicago Bears, providing electricity, natural gas, and home warranty products to over 1 million customers across the country. Learn more about IGS Energy at IGS.com. Jeff Joniak, along with Top Thayer and Jim Miller here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Uh, good to... Uh, Really move into a next phase now because these guys really put together some uh, some good tape during the course of the offseason. They develop more of a bond on both sides of the ball. There's a lot of respect, guys, from the defensive side of the ball about where the offense has elevated itself here over the offseason. I think they're really intrigued about what's going to be uh, unveiled during training camp and beyond. I, I think they should be, Jeff, because it's going to be interesting. As much as they're trying to learn a lot about their new defensive coordinator and some new coaches over there talking about Chuck Pagano and how he wants his system run and what he expects out of them every day in terms of the effort that he expects out of them in practice, I think Matt has already set the base for that. However, when you see an offense that gets a year smarter, they play faster, they do things more intelligently, and then they're able to expand the playbook. And even Matt talked about the other day at the 100-year celebration, when they got to finally do a final year review, he was impressed by how much information they were, about, they were able to install. And so now we ta- always talk about, we refer to it all offseason, level 101 is coming to 201, and I think 201 is going at a steeper angle than they were introduced to 101 level football. Let's bring in the Pro Bowl cornerback, all pro Kyle Fuller, kind enough to join the program. Kyle, good evening. Welcome to Bears All Access. you got Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, and... Jim Miller, uh, Tom was just talking about uh, where the offense is going. I, I think Akeem Hicks even mentioned it today that he, he was pretty impressed by what he's seeing. You guys are in different phases, obviously, in terms of where you guys are in, in the scheme. But what has been your impression of, of Mitch and the offense in general uh, and during this offseason program? Um, I think it's going well for those guys going into their second year. Um, you know, we definitely have the guys over there to do it. And, um, you know, I think as 
not only with the guys they already have, but the new guys, you know, just going on to a year two, um, I think it'll, it'll do well. Kyle, you got five weeks off before you really get underway. Is this a time that you set aside to improve your golf game? And <laughs> how much time can you really – I mean, you obviously have to dedicate time to staying in shape, being in shape. But if you do play golf, who's the best golfer out of all the Fuller brothers? Yeah, I'll do a little, bo- little bit of both. Um, but I'm definitely a little bit further along than the rest of those guys. I think I, I, I get a chance to play a little bit more or choose to. So, uh, you know, but I enjoy it a lot. Well, I mean, how can you use – well, you know, it certainly is relaxing and, and you enjoy playing. But at the same point, it's competitive. You know, there, there's no doubt. You know, golf can challenge you in certain things, especially from the mental aspect and how you uh, attack a course. I mean, you know, how do you view it? Is it more leisure for you or is it pretty a uh, competitive atmosphere when you go out and hit the For moves? sure. Yeah, for sure. I definitely love the competitiveness that uh, that comes with it. But also the, 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 challenge, the challenge you get mentally um, – you know, I think that's what really gets me, you know, wanting to, you know, wake up and go golfing every day, you know, especially when I can, like, during the off season. you know, after I get my work workout in. But, um, you know, like you said, mentally the challenge and then just even physically um, and just how hard it is that that game of golf is, uh, you know, it keeps you coming back. Kyle, are you a driving range guy? Because to me, I like to play golf. I like to get to the course, warm up, stretch out, and go to the first tee. Are you the type of guy that will be willing to go – you know, on the golf, I'm on the driving range, and sit there and concentrate on your different clubs and your swing for a while. So the part of me that wants to, the part of me that wants to be as good as I can be, will go to the range. But you know, if if it's my choice, I'd rather go play. You know, get my practice playing. You know, get my reps playing, and uh, you know, enjoy it that way. Kyle Fuller, our guest here on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, the great Mike Brown, coming up later on of the program. Uh, we'll stick in that golf theme for a minute because, A, Taylor Gabriel says he's picked up the game now. So it, was yep. that uh, – did you have anything to do with that? And, and do you ever play with Taylor? And second, are, are you watching the majors? Are you watching the U.S. Open and guys like Brooks Kepka and Tiger today? Yeah, so it is good to see the, Good to see Taylor, you know, kind of starting to love the game of golf, you know, I can say because he, he definitely has the bug. But, um, you know, I have, I have got a chance to play with him. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of cool. You know him just just starting. You know I remember I remember you know when I was in his position, but um, and I have been watching the U.S. Open. Uh, I actually got a chance to watch it today. I I didn't play, which which is surprising. I get a chance to play a lot this weekend, so um, so I did get a chance to watch it, and uh, you know I enjoy I, I enjoy watching it a lot. Um, everything about golf I love. Kyle, being a being a compact guy, I think it's you know hand eye coordination. You're a little bit closer to the the golf ball, <clears throat> but <clears throat> excuse me, when I got a, I had a chance to see Bradley Sowell play golf, he's a big guy. He's making the transition mm-hmm. from tackle to tight end, but he's got really very good hand-eye coordination, and he's got a good golf swing. Does it surprise yep. you sometimes when you see these big guys that are, are so coordinated in such a difficult game? I think I've been uh, a little uh, lucky you know, having – been around Bradley and you know seeing type of athlete he is in golf so it kind of you know when I see other people it doesn't surprise me because he just sets the, st- the standard so high for those guys you know to where I believe that it's possible for him but um you know yeah like Bradley has a great swing he's very athletic um you know you mentioned the position change the tight end you know just knowing that you know that's 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 what makes you you know think that he'll actually you know do pretty well at that and um you know I'm looking forward to it. 
Well, Kyle, just from the competitive aspect of, of football, and, and Tom's talked about it in the 85 Bears, they would go against the number one defense, you know, whether it's OTAs and things like that or, or through the, the training camp. And I brought it up, too. We used to do that in Pittsburgh, when uh, Blitzburg defense. We, you know, in order just to challenge ourselves to get better. And here you're talking about the, the Bears offense going on, on year two. And de- not that it's, you know, it's anything adversarial, but it's intense. It's, it's, it's healthy competition when ones go against ones uh, in practice. And I'd like to get a feel for you for how competitive it was this year, this offseason, when ones yeah. would go against it's- ones. It's very competitive, and, uh, you know, surprisingly, I think a lot of it starts with uh, Coach Nagy. He's just as competitive. I know it's the guy. I know it's the players out there competing against each other, but uh, ultimately it's those. It's the coordinators, you know, calling plays against each other. And, uh, you know, I feel like, you know, the way I look at it, you know, our, our defense is, is really, you know, competing against competing with Coach Nagy as well. And, um, you know, he, he enjoys it. He gets into it. You know, he wants he wants his guys to do well, so – he doesn't really. He doesn't really like when uh, when we're making plays on him, but he understands. You know, it's all fun and uh, like like you said, a good uh, a good competition. Kyle Fuller, our guest here on Chicago Sports Radio six seventy score. This is Bears All Access with you until seven o'clock tonight. How how has it gone in terms of the transition into a veteran like Haha Clinton Dix and also Buster Screen? Not to mention some of your rookie defensive backs back there like Duke Shelley. Yeah, it's all good. It's it's, it's good to get those. Those, you know, a couple of veteran guys, you know, just add to the puzzle, um, you know, with the knowledge that they have, um, you know, from from playing for so long, um, and uh, I feel like those guys fit in well with our group. You know, not only the older guys but also the young guys. You know, being able to teach us, you know, everybody can learn something from someone. So, um, you know, I think it's definitely been two 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 good additions, and uh, we're looking forward to you know moving on to training camp and then. Kyle, did you learn anything uh, new about Chuck uh, Pagano throughout this whole process of the OTAs and the mini camp? And as us as Bears fans, we really haven't been, <clears throat> you know, haven't been introduced to him in a regular season podium yet. So, what what type of guy do we as fans expect out of Coach Pagano? Um, I, I will say I'm sure there'll be a, it'll be perfect timing for when you all really do get introduced to him. Um, but I think I think. Uh, you know we have we have learned a lot. You know just which as you would expect working with a uh, working with them every day. Um, you know I think I, I I prefer you know you all to get you all's you all's uh, introduction to him. But I would just say you know he's a great guy, uh, and you know I think I think that's 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 really that's really a that covers everything about him. And I think you all realize that when, yeah. when you all get a chance to meet him. Well, you know, not to give anything away, Kyle, but, you know, just to get a feel for how, the, how you know, I'm sure he's explained to you guys, hey, this is what I believe in maybe principle-wise or scheme-wise in, in certain situations. Do you think you, you've gotten a good feel in terms of the line of communication and how, um, how you expect him to call a game uh, without giving anything away? Uh, with my question. I think we have, uh, I think we do have a good understanding. Like I said, uh, I don't think, I don't think too much has changed from last year, you know, which I think is good for our team. Like I said, we we've had a couple of new additions, both on the offense side and defense side. Yeah. Um, you know, so you know, I think we still have that same identity. Um, you know, I think that's what everybody everybody from uh, everybody on the team wants from uh, from top to bottom. All right, Kyle, we're gonna let you go. We really appreciate you taking a few minutes uh, to to wrap up what uh, has been a heck of an off season. Uh, a real good feel about this team and where it's headed, and we're looking forward to seeing you in Bourbonnais. Thanks, yes, sir. Thank you. 
Have a great, uh, great five weeks. Kyle Fuller, the Bears All-Pro cornerback with us here on Bears All-Access on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Yeah, the Chicago Bears Network presents Inside the Bears, brought to you by Verizon. Anthony Adams and Lawrence Creedon cover the world of Bears football on and off the field every Sunday night at 10.35 p.m. on Fox 32 Chicago or watch anytime at chicagobears.com or on the Bears official app as we get you set for Bears football 2019. Take some phone calls if you like, 312-644-6767. Coming up in just a few minutes. Veteran Mike Brown will join the program. Let's start with Mark in Michigan City, Indiana. Welcome into Bears All Access, Mark. Hey, how you doing, Jeff and Jim and Tom? Good to chime in with you again. I am totally baffled by the Bears kicking situation. They have three guys that can't constantly kick a 42-yarder in practice. It seems to me every Division One college kicker could walk on as a free agent and boom, nine out of ten from 42 yards. That's an average chip shot. I know, you know, it's uh, NFL football length. You know, you're not talking length till you get past 52 yards, and you're just and when talking about just practicing, it, it seems buffet, uh, totally mind-boggling to me why they don't got guys who can knock 19 out of 20 from 42 on a constant basis, even a walk-on free agent from well, Division One. Don't be too baffled because it's a lot harder when you get to this level, the pressure and the mindset and all that, and, and the way they are positioning this, uh, they're they're making it quite challenging. For now, just the two guys left and Elliot Fry and Eddie Pinheiro. So uh, I would love to see that happen that way, uh, but it does not happen that way throughout the league. And these guys take time. These young kickers take time. That's why they bounce around, right, boys? Yeah, but you you know that you got to think about the conditions that you're kicking in Chicago. You can take some of these, <clears throat> excuse me, these college guys, these college free agents. Whether you draft them later, they are free agents, and they can come out of the SEC or they can come out of these perfect kicking conditions of indoor stadiums. And then all of a sudden, you throw them out there in Chicago in an October rainy night when they're uh, retiring the jerseys of Butkus and Gale Sayers, and it's a torrential downpour, and the field conditions are awful. Or if you're fortunate enough to make it in the playoffs and the the conditions are unpredictable, so it's it's a lot easier to judge these guys when you're you're taking them in the combine situation because you're kicking indoors in Indianapolis. But now put their team behind them, and this has probably been the most difficult kicking outdoor. Um, spring that the Bears kickers have gone through in a long, long time because the wind and the conditions have been so horrific out there. Yeah, it's a lot of rain, and you know we've yeah you've seen a lot of kickers. It's not just the the young rookies. You know here you know look at Minnesota a couple of years ago they draft Blair Walsh. He misses that key playoff kick against Seattle, and all of a sudden he's shipped out of town because it just it, sometimes it's just one thing that Jeff talked about that they can mentally take a turn. Remember when Chris Bonio was with us. Yeah. with the Bears, and he, we, could, we couldn't even kick field goals at practice. It was so demoralizing. It was almost like what happened with a, a Roberto Aguayo with uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, it was hurting our practice. Dick Duran, literally, he missed every one. We had to call practice and just send it in and not even do special teams anymore. And hey, let me ask you about that real quick, though, because you know Matt Nagy, he alluded to such a thing that, yeah, you could feel the air come out because yeah. if, if, if it's not working with, with the three guys you got out there, you know, what's next? It starts to play on the psyche of the other other guys on the team. So it clearly did with you guys. Yeah. It, well, I just remember we were. I remember. Remember. We, I remember talking to you guys on the plane ride home from San yeah. Diego. We played the Chargers. He missed an extra point. Extra points back then were not even thirteen yards. Remember? Um, 
And I felt bad for him because he was my locker partner. He, he'd come in the next day, Jim, sorry. But he literally, it, it really changed the tide of six games that year. And that was, I forget what year it was, 99, I think is what that was. And it changed the tide of six games. That Think about, I say it all the time, who has a bigger impact on a game than a kicker who has the least amount of reps? They may be on the field six times, and they're deciding wins and losses. You know, a lot of times you too, you're making a transition after a kicker's been here a while. You think of Carlos Huerta after the transition from Kevin Butler, and they ended up losing that game in Coach Wanstead's early coaching career because they were out there searching for that next kicker. And that search is not as easy as just finding a guy that is kicking in great conditions. Yeah, well, the good news is it all ended on a positive note today. A couple of 40-yarders by Pinero and Elliot Fry, and you could see it on the faces and the reaction from the other guys, they were relieved. It's a good way to end the off-season program and head into training camp where the competition will escalate even more. All right, coming up next, the great Mike Brown will join the program. This is Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Join us for the PNC Chicago Bears 5K, Saturday, July 13th. Finish on historic Soldier Field. Register now at chicagobears.com slash 5K before prices increase. Jeff and Tom and Jim Miller with you on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, about a half hour to go in tonight's program, awaiting Mike Brown, the Bears uh, All-Pro Safety, and Mike ready to join us on the program. Uh, I'm certain safely tucked away out in Southern California after a great trip to Chicago, Big Mike. How much fun was that this weekend? Uh, yes, uh, it was a great weekend. Actually, we got a little June gloom, they call it, so it's been cloudy pretty much most of the day, but it's like 70, so it's, it's nice. <laughs> you can live with that. You can live with that. Mike, one yeah. of the biggest thrills I had of the weekend was, was seeing you out there with that big grin, that smile, talking to your buddies, seeing your beautiful wife and you introduced to your two beautiful kids. Uh, right. You got a great family. You got great, and it was just great. Hearing you talk about your kids, much like Peanut Tillman talks about his or other guys do as well, now that you're right. removed from the game and so forth, uh, it means everything to you, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, it does. Uh, it, um, it definitely gives you, like, um, yeah, I guess that's, to me, that's what life is all about. Like, I guess I never understood how much my parents really cared about me. I knew that they loved me, but just to see, like, um, you know, how I feel about my kids and uh, the joy they bring me and, uh and, and and how difficult it is. So, um, yeah, so it's just uh, it's a culmination of a lot of things. So just being able to bring them to that um, event was amazing. I'm telling you, it's, it's, uh, it's going to be life-changing for them, and uh, so wow. it's, it's, it's cool. You know, Brownie, one of the greatest compliments, <clears throat> I think, of anything that you hear throughout this weekend, because when you're talking about the organization beginning in the 20s and up until right. the day, I hear it about a few players that, hey, this guy can play in any era, and you're one of the guys they keep saying that this guy can play in any era. How complimentary is that to you to understand how meaningful not only the impact you had on the Bears but the ability to play in any era of football? I guess it just, um, I guess it just confirms what I think I've always, always known is that um, you know, I can play football. I know that that's something I can do. I've always had confidence with that. Um, I think it's just something I was born to do. Um, but, you know, when, you, when you're doing it, um, you're just thinking about playing the game and uh, just being hardcore and all that kind of stuff. At least that's the way I played the game. But now when you get back to the, uh, to the people part of it and uh, 
I think you have to step back from the game to really understand it. But now um, just being around the guys and knowing the type of impact that I had on those guys, I mean, had a lot of guys come up to me and say some uh, really personal things to me. And uh, to me, that's, uh, that means the world to me. I'm a really emotional guy. So <laughs> there was a lot of emotions going on this weekend, guys. Um, and so it was good to get back and uh, just to be a part of and just recognize just what the Bears mean, man. It's just really cool to be a part of. And it was just a special weekend, man. Well, That's Mike, a special weekend. Mike, Jim here. Good to catch up with you. And and I I witnessed it firsthand. I remember you know when the Bears drafted you in two thousand. You were you were the only rookie that started opening day. It wasn't Brian Urlacher. It was Mike Mike Brown out there that that opening yeah, day. Yeah, that's 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 a a fact of mine. Um, yeah. So yeah, I um I think I was ready to play, man. I had a. a well, that's what I mean. Coach. What was what was going through your mind? Here you go through training camp, and I, you know, there was a buzz with. I just remember, you know, going against you, saying, "Man, this guy's going to be really good. This guy can play. Erlacher can play too." But the safety, there's something about him. And then, lo and behold, yeah. you're out there. What was going through your mind? Were you just going? What What was you know? What was well, going on? Well, I, I, I tell like? you, um, like at, at first, uh, it was it was overwhelming. I knew I could play. I knew I could play. I like. I, I just. I knew I could play football. I just knew that, and it was overwhelming at first. Just the um, the speed of the game uh, was was uh, intense for me, especially uh, the bigger people, the offensive linemen, the way that they moved. I mean, I had to. It took me, you know, the mini camps and, and the training camps to really get used to that. But once like uh, that clicked in, and just knew like uh, where my eyes had to be and like uh, the movements that I had to make just had to be a little bit quicker. Once I got that down, I knew that, I mean, I could play ball. And then it was just about uh, just playing. But, um, yeah, but like I said, I think Nebraska, I was trained. Like, we, I, I, uh, I was around a lot of pros when I was playing in college. Like, uh, our practices were really intense. Um, we had, like, 150 players, so we're on defense. Uh, you know, there would be three scout teams. So right after we were done with one play, another play was coming. And, you know, and, uh, the defense we ran was complicated. It was had a lot of uh, – Pro principles, a lot of uh, checks with movement, a lot of uh, checks when uh, you know formations broke. So I, I understood how to communicate. I could recognize formations and recognize with you know the breaks and if movement happened, where to put people. So with that part, I was I was prepared for that. Mike Brown, our guest here on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score after a great experience at the 100 weekend, and it uh, filtered into the. Did you did you go to the golf tournament? I don't know if you went to the golf tournament or not, but oh no, you know no. golf is just a long walk ruined. That's not my style. I, I'll go, I like I like going to the golf course and just watching, but like no, nah, like playing that game, I'm just I can't I can't do it. My mind won't let me do that kind of stuff. Like, you know, I, you know, I played baseball, and that's the one thing about baseball that bothered me is just so much failure, and I just, I just couldn't stand that. Oh, my goodness. Well, we've all experienced the failure part on the golf course, <laughs> that's for sure. O- Olin might beg to differ with you, though, because he's a heck of a golfer. Yeah, I've seen him, I've seen him swing that stick now. He's a, he's a pretty good golfer. I mean, but that, I just, that's just not something that's ever yeah. interested me, guys. It's, it's kind of weird, but it's just nothing that um, doesn't even – I don't even want to play. So that yeah, doesn't bother but, me that. <laughs> so, so then on Tuesday, or on Monday rather, you know, Tuesday, Tuesday, uh, Coach Nagy and, and all the alumni were able to co- watch practice. What were your takeaways from watching a Matt Nagy run? Granted, it was uh, uh, mini camp practice, no pads, but right. what, any takeaway? Because I, I know you were watching. 
Yes, definitely I'm watching. Uh, the first thing that I'll, I'm always going to watch is just uh, the vibe of the team and just, like, uh, what kind of energy do they bring, um, you know, the camaraderie, like, what are, what are they talking about on the sideline? Is it football? Is it something else? And, you know, we have a whole bunch of guys out there. You know, got the young guys are out there, too, but just are they interacting with the young guys? Are they trying to teach them? Because maybe some of these guys can help them. And it's, ob- it's, it's obvious that the team is a team. They care about winning football games. doesn't matter who's doing it. Uh doesn't matter, you know, who's in. There's expectations. And they have a lot of fun. To me, that's the one thing that stands out is they have a lot of fun doing it. And I think when, when you have that, especially, uh, you know, an upper-level football, professional football, it's uh, professional. But if you can have fun doing it, it makes the professional part a little bit easier to try to attack and, you know, handle. So I think uh, well, I'm, I'm excited about the team. Now, there's expectations. You never know what happens when you have a lot, you know, high expectations. Some, some teams can't handle their expectations. But it seems like this group of players uh, – can handle it, um, and I'm excited because I think it's going to be a special season. I mean, it's going to be a tough one, um, but I think they're going to they're ready for it and ready to shine. So it's going to be fun to watch, especially for uh, Chicago. I know Chicago's been waiting for it. You know, Mike Matt Nagy always says, "Hey, you just be you, whatever type of person you are." How for you in your career? How long did it take for you to have that outspoken confidence in the locker room? Because you know, it's kind of a unique territory for a lot of people. But when they close those doors and it's just a player, you never hid your emotion, you never hid your passion, and you had a way of talking to that entire group. Did that, did that start from game one, or did it take time throughout early portions of your career? I think on the field, um, I always had that. Uh, I definitely didn't say much when I was a rookie when, when it, as far as the locker room uh, came around. I think when you're a rookie, you have to find out where you fit in, like who the leaders are. Um, it was obvious who some of those leaders are, and I think uh, I really do believe Dick Jerron had a, a lot to do with that because in uh, my second year, me and Brian were named captains, and I doubt if we both were voted in as captains by the whole team. I think maybe that's something Dick Jerron did. Um, but, uh, you know, I relish that role. Um, I've, I've been a captain on most of the teams I've ever been a part of. Um, it's something that I, I like doing. Um, it's, it's not easy for me, but I'm very uh, – when I play the game, I have high expectations for everyone that's on the field. I think that's the only way you can win. And so I, I make sure that, um, you know, I, I try to do it by, uh, you know, doing it on the field and working hard and doing all that, but also uh, saying a few things to, to help motivate people, I guess, and just, uh, just accountability. I think when a whole team is accountable to each other, it just lifts everybody up. Well, Mike, at least, perform- at, at least performance-wise. Well, Mike, as you just as you just enjoy the game as a fan now, and you, you watch it, it, it's hard to watch a game when you played it because you kind of still. I, I find myself going into the X's nose like, "Oh, it's an under front. Oh, they brought too strong." You know, yeah, it's, you yeah, can't, definitely. But yeah. And, and now, how you watch when you see the safety position and how it's 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 changed today. There's more responsibilities on safeties today and why they're probably coveted around the NFL than probably ever in the, this game has ever seen. And what, what, what do you see of the evolution of the safety position when you watch the game currently today and what safeties are asked to do? Because they're on the field yeah, in multiple roles. I would roles say um, it's just the athleticism of the safeties now. Uh, it's not really um, – it's just because there's, there's, there's going to be a lot of open space now. 
And if you look at the size of the athletes, that, the, the receivers, right, They're, they are humongous human beings and they're super athletic. And so without, you know, you can't really be physical through the middle of the field, so you have freedom of uh, movement. And so you need to have big guys that can move very well. So I don't think I would be able to play safety right now just because of the athleticism of the receivers. Um and especially how the rules were made. So it's like my, like I, I got out right when all the, the rules were trying to kick in and like how you play and like with the physicality. So right now it's definitely you have to have really, really athletic, super athletic um, safeties to match up. And the corners have to match up as well. So I just see the athlete that's coming in. It's just a bigger, better version of, athletes that I've seen, you know, so, I mean, it started, you know, like Randy Moss, and then it was uh, Megatron, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's kind of the same player, but just the bigger version. That's what I see happening. So that being said, what would a young Mike Brown in uh, 2019 draft class, what position would you play? I'd uh, probably be a special teamer. Uh, kickoff. You're out of your tree trunk, man. <laughs> it would just increase going the tackle the target kickoff, for you, Mike. Like a, a personal protector. Yeah, I'd probably be a special teamer. No way. Trying, I mean, <laughs> Big Mike. Giving a lot of effort and all that. You know, just, yeah, it's just, uh, I just I just see the, um, the athleticism definitely is something that jumps out to me. I think, uh just being around, you know, the team that you know that's out there now, I'm just like, man, he's some spectacular athletes, and just man, except for Turbo, Turbo is a little small, but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I just I just see the athleticism of the game. Offensive linemen, defensive linemen, they're just uh, in, I mean, super incredible athletes. So that's what I definitely notice as far as the game, how it how it's changed. Go tell that offensive lineman from Cincinnati yeah. that you jacked up when he was coming around the corner and he was 330 okay, he pounds. Was big you lit him up. Slow. He, like, now they're big and fast and agile. Like, he couldn't move in a box. <laughs> I'll like, never forget ahead, that one. <laughs> Mike, if I'm not mistaken, that was the game they started calling you Big Mike. Uh, Big Mike, yeah, I think what my favorite, uh, you know, Owen gave me my favorite nickname, which was Little Evil. Like, I like that one. I like that one. <laughs> Little Evil with 100 games with the Bears in this, the 100th anniversary season. Always a pleasure, Mike. Great to visit so, with hey, you over you the weekend. Thank you me. It was great seeing you. Nice talking to you, guys. Thanks, hey, Mike. come on again sometime. All right, buddy. All right, Bye. Mike Brown, our guest. We'll continue on Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy after this on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Just about 10 or 11 minutes to go before we turn things over here on The Score. This is Bears All Access. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, Jim Miller, our guests here on our host, I should say, our guest, uh, Mike Brown. Special teams, really, fellas? That, that man, as you said, could play in any era. He'd find a way. He'd find a way, Big Tom and Jim. You know, he talks about the big and the size of the receivers and everything. Like I said, we've seen him hit 330-pound offensive linemen and take him off his feet. The only thing that a bigger a bigger receiver would present for him would be a bigger tackling target. And I think that's the way Mike would transfer his talent from one era to the next. Yeah, I think if, if anything, he'd probably play more in today's game. Because you look at, um, who is it, uh, LA, LA uh, Chargers, when they went in and played uh, Baltimore in the, in the playoff game, you know, they ran the RPO offense, right? Lamar Jackson was on the field. What did uh, the Chargers deploy? They went penny personnel. Penny personnel, they went with seven DBs. 
So if anything, you're, you, Mike would probably be playing even more, even if he was in the box, say, as a, as a nickel linebacker. Because, you know, at that point, the Chargers had a couple injuries to their linebackers and why but Gus Bradley, their defensive coordinator, went with that times dime personnel, which is six DBs, and sometimes he went penny. And they went into Baltimore and basically shut down Lamar Jackson in the R- RPO offense. So if anything, I think Mike Brown would pl- probably play more. You know, and the funny game. thing is that that Chargers team, they do list three starting safeties, so they do play a yeah. lot of that, you know, and, then, yep. and that's, you know, they got that Derwin James, an outstanding uh, player himself back there. But, uh, you know, I just remember the very first minicamp practice, veteran minicamp practice, and Mike B is yelling on the sidelines, telling guys where to line up and to to basically, you know, get moving a little bit. You know, he was a leader from the moment he stepped down the field. I'll never forget it. Well, I, I think we, you know, I, you, you know, you kind of reintroduced to this through the through the Bears weekend, and, and you know, you, he says he's an emotional guy, but he's very passionate about having the opportunity to play for the Bears and to play professional football. And then when you ask him a question that's 15, 20 years removed and it still brings him to tears, yep. that right there is evidence of how much it meant for him to be on the field with his teammates and how badly he wanted to be there for every game he had the opportunity to play. Tom, remember some of those uh, conversations on the flights? I remember the San, you know, when he injured himself in San Diego, uh, a bird apparently hit the wing uh, of the plane, and so we were stalled there after that opening week loss. And uh, we, were, we were on that plane forever just sitting on the tarmac, and he sat with you and I going over the emotions of the injury, going over football in general, what it meant to him. It was one of the mo- most impactful conversations I'll ever remember on all these years of traveling with the team. Yeah, it, it was crushing. It was crushing to us because it was crushing to him and it was crushing to the team. But you know, you see the guys throughout our, our time with the Bears that, that have these you know injury situations that haunt them throughout their career. But you know, Mike is kind of unique in the way that he wasn't afraid to show that the the passionate side in such a manly atmosphere and it's it's nothing no slight to anybody else but mike was not a high, he was not as afraid to hide his feelings no it well i just remember him as a teammate low and he came in as 2000 you you just you knew like you said he was an emotional player played with a lot of intensity came to work with a lot of intensity because he cared it's important to him and you you can you find that out about your teammates and and Tom Jeff you guys have been around it where you know certain guys are just wired a, a certain way and and he he showed it and he's going to bring his intensity every single day because he cared about football it was important to him but he played it with the to me just the right temperament the the intensity uh, that you need and you know I know he gained respect from from our locker room very quickly with what he was able to accomplish so early in his career starting uh, really that opening game. You know, you know, Jim and Jeff, <clears throat> I think maybe in kind of a more introverted way, Khalil Mack may be the same type oh, yeah. of personality because from the second he got here, from the very first nine-on-seven I saw him have at practice, the way he hit the ball carrier and the way his, his expression, his preparation, his practice habits, there, there are a lot of similarities between the two, and – I'm, I'm sure, Khalil, the more he's around his teammates, the more comfortable he feels in the locker room. Hopefully he'll be able to express himself behind those closed doors um, in a way that maybe we not we may not be privy to, but the way his teammates should see him. There's a bunch of other guys on this team. I, I feel that also carry that same kind of emotion in them, and, and they may not be. It may not be verbalized. It may be just, you know, Cody Whitehair's one of them. 
he works harder than anybody. He's here nonstop. He's worked himself into a position where he can play two positions at a high level. Uh, you look at, I think Roquan Smith's going to be that guy. He loves the game, and that's the uh, first part of it. you got to get the guys who love the game. It doesn't ever feel monotonous. It doesn't ever feel like work, and it's an escape in many regards. That's what it was for Brian Erlacher. I, I asked Cody that today, you know, because Tom and we've had this discussion before. I said, I said, Cody, if if it was a pinch and the Bears needed a, a left tackle, could you line up at left tackle and play? And he said it without hesitation. He goes, yeah, I'm not the longest guy and all the measurables that you need for the position. He goes, but yeah, Jim, I feel confident I could line up there. And if, if the Bears needed me to play a two or three game stretch, I'm confident I could fill that that position nicely. How about that? What does that say about that young man that at K-State he was a left tackle, comes to the Bears, he's guard, he's center, moving back and forth, now back to guard, hasn't missed a game, just lines up and plays, does his job, and you want to know what? That guy knows every assignment. And you want to know what? I, I will guarantee if the Bears had to put him there, everybody on that team would feel confident that Cody Whitehair could come through and play that position. I agree. He, he'd, be, he'd be like a, a Matt Light, who I played with at, at New England, Matt Light wasn't the longest left tackle, didn't have the longest arms, all the BS you hear, but yet Matt Light went against Dwight Freeney every time and shut him down. Shut him down every single time. And he was a great tackle uh, for the New England Patriots. Hey, if you want to sneak in a couple of phone calls before we get out of here, please feel free. 312-644-6767. This is Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio. 670 The Score. After today's uh, minicamp practice, it was a light one today, a lot of red zone work. Uh, and then the kickers finished up by making a couple of 40-yard field goals, and everybody walked off uh, happy into the offseason. But overall, here's how Matt Nagy felt about the whole three-day thing and the offseason in general. The balance of working hard, getting better, and improving from, from last year, which I thought we definitely did. You could check that off. Uh, but then also keeping it fun and making sure that we, as players, as coaches, we build that bond. And so, so for me, as I continue to grow, is I, I, I'm not, I don't like monotony. I don't like being able to have, you know, it's the same person coaching all the time. Same, it's the same words that are coming out of my mouth. I like to change things up. So, with these guys, it's easy. The first year, uh, getting into the second year, let's do some different things, and 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 we'll we'll do that, and and we'll continue to do that in training camp too. That's a head coach who knows how to take the temperature of his team uh, at a young, you know, he's a young, he's still a young coach. He's got a lot of experience, but a young head coach that just always seems to know how to take the temperature of a team, fellas, and gauge the right thing to do. It's been that way since he got here. And I, I think everything that focuses how you're going to make the team better. It's never about the offense. It's never about Trubisky. It's about the entirety of every guy that's going to hand and making sure that they win games. And like you conclude the mini camp with those kickers, you know, not only did it make the kickers feel more like part of the team, but I bet you they ended their mini camp with a little bit more confidence coming into training camp. And so I think the importance of the overall project that Matt has undertaken with Ryan Pace and the entire staff up there, um, he he always understands it's a, it's about the betterment. I, I don't think you, that you know he he's got to really gauge the room anymore. I think he's kind of earned it at this point when you look at Coach Nagy because again. As much as he's evaluating players as a first-year head coach last year, players were evaluating him, and now they trust him. They trust him because they see the results. They see what he says comes true. They see what his vision is, and they want to be a part of it because they trust him, and they know it, and they believe it now. So he, he's got him. To me, he's got him. He doesn't got to gauge the room. They, they will follow this coach now from, from here on out because they believe what he says, 
and he backs up what he says with how he performs. And this coach loves his 2019 draft class, fellas. I think probably the biggest thing when I think about it, the biggest thing would be that they're just all extremely mature. Uh, you know, that's probably what comes to mind. And then so they take being mature out onto the practice field, and they always uh, they, they, they look to improve. And, and, again, I'll go to our first pick this year with David Montgomery. Um, and, and just for him, he's quiet, but yet he's, he's so motivated. Uh, in a good way. Riley Ridley has come out here, and with Anthony Miller being out, he's gotten a lot more work at the zebra position, and so he's getting more reps. And that kid is just so laser-focused. Montgomery Shine, man. You, you know, Jeff, I, I think that's uh, the, the kind of the obligation of these players because they look at what they're surrounded by. There's no other players that are superstars that are jacking around. There's nobody out there that's unfocused from the time – that they come out of the weight room, <clears throat> come out of the locker room, go into the cafeteria. It's not a. It's not that type of atmosphere. It's about being focused and being prepared. And I think a guy like Montgomery puts the pressure of a first rounder on his shoulders. I don't care where he was drafted. He has expectations of himself to be able to provide this team with the talent that they went and reached up and drafted him for. I'll tell you what, all I can say is his uh, college coach said he was the best route runner on the team, and I believe Hakeem Butler was the Cyclones' yeah. top receiver, got drafted by Arizona. He'd take Montgomery over Butler. Wow. <laughs> that says it all. Well, and I'll tell you another thing. I'll tell you another thing. You, Jim, would love throwing to Riley Ridley. He, he, he can run a route as well as any veteran. Well, they've got, hey, I say this all the time. Pat's always like, you know, they're comparing Minnesota because they got Thielen and Diggs. I said, the Bears got eight of them. Eight receivers <laughs> that can all play and they can all go, baby. Good to talk to you guys. We'll talk to you on Monday. we got another version of All Access coming at you. That's going to wrap us up for tonight. Thanks to Kyle Fuller and Mike Brown, Herb Lawrence, Adam Staszynski for Tom Thayer, Jim Miller. I'm Jeff Joniak. Have a great night, everybody. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Good night. Thanks for listening to this Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears All Access. Podcasts are available on chicagobears.com and on iTunes or download the official Bears mobile app. Bears All Access has been brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by CDW, Athletico Physical Therapy, and Ford.